Hey, it's Anthony Wofford, author of How to Get Into Drama School, Choosing the Right Monologues and Other Notables, and we have an awesome podcast for you today. Uh, a little bit earlier, I interviewed my brother, Andrew Wofford, who went to CalArts and is a filmmaker and actor in Hollywood today. Uh, wanted to get his perspective uh, on uh, when he was going into drama school and some of the things he was dealing with. And what's so awesome about this episode is that we're brothers. And so I know a lot of things about him. I know a lot of things about his, you know, kind of his entire life that shaped him up until uh, he auditioned for colleges and everything and all the things that led up to that. And so I actually ask him, you know, a lot of the hard questions right out of the gate. You know, we're not really dealing with general questions in this uh, podcast questions like, you know, how did you choose your monologues or what schools did you apply for? Um, I actually know him and we have the opportunity uh, to kind of talk about some of the challenges. I know he was dealing with and you know so i wanted to keep this podcast short for you you know 25 minutes or less and you know so you could be you know listening to it while you jog or listening to it while you drive to school or something like that and at the same time i wanted to give you as much value as possible so you could really hear stories of 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 what it's like to kind of move through things that you know you may perceive to be in your way but really you know People who get into top drama schools all deal with challenges and whatnot. And so um, hearing somebody else's story is always valuable. And so I'm really happy that Andrew was able to share. And I know we're going to have him on again. But enjoy this podcast of me and Andrew having lunch together in, in a mall in San Francisco, California, uh, talking about how so to get into we'll drama right school. We'll jump right into it. Enjoy. Um, you know, ever since you were little, you've always had, uh, you've learned that you had dyslexia. And yeah. you, you dealt with that. So when you were choosing monologues, when you were working on monologues, when you were applying to schools, you know, how did you having dyslexia um, really, how did you deal with that when you were preparing for college auditions? Uh, well, I, I was diagnosed with dyslexia in second grade. And uh, from that point, I was told very early on that um, I had to just work harder, you know, um, and to, to accept it, that that was the reality, that the way my brain worked, um, there was, there's no cure, it's just a matter of how well you can adapt, and the, the tricks that you can learn uh, throughout time that will help your brain process the information better. So I found reading prose um, was very hard for me. Uh, when I say prose, I mean like novels or like long books, small text, very difficult. What I found to be very easy for me was dialogue, was plays. I could read dialogue. My brain accepted that a lot easier. So when it came to monologues, I really had to just overwork, you know, put double the amount of hours in. And that's something that was reiterated to me at CalArts when I was in my second year with Mary Lou Rosado. Um, you know, within the first day, she was like, you know, I know, about, I know this about you. And just know that I'll be pushing you a lot harder than I push anybody else in this class because I know that you're, you're, for you to be at that level that I want you to be at, you have to work 10 times harder than anybody else in here because of that. So accept it, uh, learn to love it, and uh, know that that's just going to make you a better actor and a better performer. So as far as high school, that was what I, I focused on was just really working, working, working until I knew I felt good. And when I felt good, it was time to perform. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, like each of us uh, has 
whatever you want to call them, right. setbacks or challenges, really. Right. That um, either it's either stuff like dyslexia, or even it's, it's maybe emotional stuff, right. or it may be you know insecurity, whatever, self doubt. Yeah. And you know, like for me, singing is not something I've ever been super secure about, but right. I, I want to. And I've always was told like, hey, you just have to work harder. Right. You know. Exactly. And in any given area, you may have to work a lot harder than others. That's cool. Everybody does. So do it. Because if you don't, you're just going to be like average and, and you know, right. you'll just kind of rely on whatever, you know, is easy for you. But that's that's what everybody does. Right. So, yeah, that's great. Work work at it. And you obviously did. Um, so another thing I want to talk about is your top choice and the school you ended up at. Yeah. So you have a top choice. Yeah. You even had a second choice, like a sort of like a, uh, you were pretty sure you were going to go here if your top choice didn't work out, and then you didn't even go there. Right. So what was the story there, and how did you end up where you did? Yeah. So, of course, you know, having uh, my high school, you know, both of our high schools had, um, Churchill High School had a lot of people go to a lot of places. So we heard from a lot of people about their schools, about their training programs, and, you know, I was lucky enough to have you get into Juilliard at, you know, I was 12 years old, and uh, that was obviously a vision that I had for myself as well, and um, when that didn't work out, uh, I had spoken to two of, uh, two of my other, you know, high school colleagues, and uh, they were both at the University of Minnesota Guthrie Training Program, and um, I had the pleasure of auditioning for Ken Washington, who, right off the bat, we got, we got along. It felt like we had a connection instantaneously. And everything he asked me to do in that room, I did. I did with ease. He even so much commented on it and said, you know, uh, he thanked me for the work that I had put in uh, to make that audition as smooth as it went. He even went so far to say, I'll see you at callback weekend. Be ready for the call. You know what I'm saying? Um, He was very confident in me. And so I made another call. Uh, to my friend Ben Mendelbaum who was also somebody who was going to that program and I said dude give me the lowdown because this just went from my you know from a top five choice to a top two choice within a matter of you know one audition so I need to know all the information and uh, that school in particular has a lot of academic requirements so I suggest anybody who's looking into schools that are at state universities say the University of Texas or say you know the University of Minnesota there's a top 10 rule at these schools and you need to be in the top 10% of your class to be guaranteed acceptance. If not, you have to meet a certain guideline grade-wise, which is not the case at Juilliard. It's not the case at CalArts. It's not the case at some of these conservatories. Um, They don't really even look at it. You know, they don't even care if you really did take the ACT or the SAT. They just want to know that in that audition room, you came here to perform today um, and you're ready to train for the next four years. So Minnesota said, look, we're going to not only give you a full... Uh, schedule of acting classes, but we're going to give you a full schedule of academics as well. We want well-rounded, academic, smart actors. That was their brand. And so, uh, you know, coming from where I came from, I, I was in all regular classes. I didn't take AP classes. I, I, I'm not your classically smart kid, you know. Um, I'm very artistic. I was very bad at math and science. Um, but it excited me to know that a program was saying, hey, we want actors to be intelligent, intelligent people. And that was what I wanted from myself. So I knew that I was willing to put that work in if they were willing to invest in me. Um, and I ended up getting into that program. Uh, and then because of my grades, I had a 3.7. Um, and Ken Washington, you know, contacted me and said, hey, man, you know, 
administration is looking for a 3.8 and a 28 on your ACT, and you have a 27 and a 3.7. And he goes, I'm going to try to work hard to get you into this program, but just know that uh, you know it's going to be more difficult than I initially thought it thought it would. So uh, unfortunately, I got waitlisted at that program, and then um, you know Cal Arts came up uh, two days later, and you know not only did they accept me, they gave me scholarship right off the bat. Um, they had an incredible faculty. So a school that I felt was, you know, it was definitely in my top five, but it was five. You know, it was the fifth choice. And uh, when the other schools didn't work out, I wasn't down. I wasn't upset. I dedicated so much time and effort to learning about those top five schools. And I said to myself, no matter what happens, this is world-class training. All five of these schools offer that. I don't, I'm not applying for anything that's not world-class. So uh, I was not down. I was not down on myself. I was excited. I had four other kids from my high school go to CalArts before me. So the moment that that happened, I was on the horn with all those people saying, what should I be excited about? Who are the teachers I should meet first? Who, need, who do I need to know? What do I need to do? You know what I'm saying? I was on that go mode to be like, okay, how do I integrate myself into this community because this is the community I'm going to be at. So these other four schools that I had done a lot of thought on, I had done a lot of research, that was no longer in my brain. And I was, I knew when I called Nataki Garrett, I said, I'm coming to this school. And she said, great, you're in. We love, we can't wait to have you. That was the energy that I got from my faculty. So I encourage anybody, you know, that's the type of energy you should want from your faculty. Yes, we want you. Come on, you want somebody who's gonna fight for you. And uh, that's what CalArts did for me. That's awesome, yeah, like, um, what I hear you saying is that, you know, you applied to schools that you felt you were excited about no matter what. These are world-class programs, and you've got your top choice, because who doesn't? You may have a second choice, a third, a fourth, even you may rank them, but, you know, bottom line is, you applied to those, because that's where you would want to go. Right. And uh, everybody, uh, you know, at some point, like, you don't get a role that you wanted or, you know, you don't get into the school that you wanted. We all deal with, like, not getting what we wanted. And I think that what your character revealed, what was revealed in your character was that you're not someone who, like, just says, well, I'll just wait till next year. Yeah, or sulks, um, you know. And so that's really to your credit. And you were able to benefit because of that attitude. And, then, you know, I think it's important to always acknowledge that people not only accept you for your talent, but you also get accepted for your attitude, whether they're accepting you for your attitude or whether it's because your attitude positioned you in a way that they may not know about. But you did something internally that, you know, put you out there more or that made you more attractive to the program. You know, having a great attitude is, is underrated, um, especially in artists, you know, because sometimes it can be entertaining to not Absolutely. have a good attitude. Uh, but, yeah, having a good attitude and obviously also being prepared. Um, let's see. We're, we have time for a couple more questions. And like I said, this is great because, you know, these are questions you know, that are not general. These are questions that I, you know, can kind of glean from you. Um, so I'm your brother. I went to Juilliard. How was it having a family member? Um, let's even broaden it further. Let's say people have a friend that goes to a, a school that they're applying to. Um, or a brother, um, what was that like having someone so close to you go to a school? Um, did you feel like that was an advantage or not? How did you deal with that dynamic? Well, I will say there's a big difference in a family member and a friend 
because I have many friends who went to a lot of schools, but on that application, they asked, do you have family that goes to this school? And I remember being incredibly proud to put Anthony Wofford's brother on there. And I've spoken to other siblings um, who have gone to Juilliard. Uh, your friend, uh, the Gear, the Greers, mm-hmm. uh, I spoke to him at your production in New York, and he said the same thing. He said, man, what an honor to have a brother uh, who was not only interested in the same thing I was interested in, but... Uh, interested in going to the same training program that I was at uh, and he said that just benefited us even more it helped us push each other it helped us get better and I felt like I was at such a young in uh, you know such a young age where I was so uh, open to being molded at that point that the moment that I think you accepted uh, that this was something I wanted to do um, you were very active in giving me the resources, the books, the reading lists, the the things that I would have would need, the knowledge I would need to prepare myself and to uh, open up my brain to the training that was already being presented. Um, and I'll tell you right now, when I got to Cal Arts, my first year reading list, I had already read thirty. I'm sorry, sorry, not 30%, like three-fourths of those books, 75% of those books I'd already read. Now, I reread them because that's the beauty of acting books is that no matter where you are in your life, you can reread those and they're a wealth of knowledge. You know, I I reread the first six lessons by Richard Boslavsky every five years. You know what I'm saying? I reread Respect for Acting all the time I reread you know Zen in the Art of Archery these are incredible um, wealths of knowledge that inform me as an artist at every stage you know as I grow because acting is you know a fine wine we just get better with age you know what I'm saying as we grow we get you know our 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 technique uh, changes and transforms and you know we, we play different roles and you know uh, I think our humanity grows so um, having a family member having friends that are you know in the conservatory training program is so important because those are the people that I looked at and I said give me the honest truth let me know about this program who is the faculty who do you love you know what I'm saying who do you hate what do you not like about this program give me the honest truth yeah and that's about having friends and family who are who are not gonna we're not gonna BS you, you know? And I had called, I was that kid who was calling admissions and saying, hey, let me talk to alumni that I didn't know specifically to ask them questions about things that people from those schools had already told me, just to see if they would BS me, just to see if they'd sugarcoat something for me. And they did. Yeah. Many times, because their their job in the administration office is to get you excited, is to get you informed, to get you uh, ready to come, you know, uh, to that school. And this is a uh, that was not what I was interested in. I wanted to know the realistic issues that students are going through and what those communities were doing to you know um, to help students in that in that category. So for Cal Arts in particular. A lot of those people were telling me that tuition rising was a huge deal for the past 10 years, you know. I got, I got into school in uh, 2010. I was talking to a, a guy from my high school who got in in 03 
And he was saying in 03 we were having these problems. We were talking about these things back then. You cannot stop this conversation. It must continue. And it still continues to this day because alumni have told the incoming class these are the things we're dealing with. So I think that's very important when you're going to a school to have friends or family who are interested or who have gone to those schools. It's a huge help. They cut all that... uh, all that BS out and they just let you know how it really is. Did I cut the BS out and tell you what it was really like? A hundred percent. And if you didn't, Brendan Spieth did. And if <laughs> Brendan Spieth didn't, your roommates did. I mean, we had, I had definite people who you introduced me to that definitely gave me uh, answers that you didn't, which was incredible. You know what I'm saying? Because, what did I hold back? Well, it's not that you held back. It's that I chose to ask them questions that I didn't choose to ask you because I knew that there was a... There, you know, there were brothers. So um, I think there's there's certain things. I don't think you would ever talk bad on Juilliard ever. You know what I'm saying? You love that program, and especially when you were there. You know what I'm saying? You weren't gonna, you weren't that guy. Brendan Spieth though. Brendan Spieth gave me some shit. You know, <laughs> he let me know. So there were certain people who I'd ask certain questions. What did Brendan say about Juilliard that was bad? Well, Brendan said that it was. Um, it's not that it was bad. It's just that it was different. So, so Brendan is very. If for for some of you know, for the guys who don't know Brendan Spieth, uh, he's a wild man. You know, he which makes him an incredible actor. You know, an incredible artist in general is that he his uh, his instincts are right on his sleeve. You know, he makes bold choices instantaneously, and it doesn't. There's no thought in there, which is really what a lot of actors take a lifetime to get to, right? He was born with this. Man makes choices, right? Well, he was saying at Juilliard, um, his classmates sometimes were not so supportive of that. Sometimes his classmates, you know, got, got on him, got in his head, got angry at him. Or, you know, I think there was also a potential fight at one point where, you know, he, he felt like uh, he was disrespected and the teachers didn't come to his aid. And he didn't know how to really, you know, handle that situation. So uh, he gave me the advice of like, you know, really stay true to who you are, right? He was like, this school is going to try to change a lot of things because you come in with a lot of habituals and they want to break those and then they want to rebuild this actor that is a, a Juilliard branded actor that has certain things that they do. You know what I'm saying? So he was very adamant to me. He was like, look you are so unique and he was like you have to keep that uniqueness because that's what got you here right you have to grow don't stagnate you know don't stagnate your growth but know that you're a kid from the south right you came from your parents you came from your grandparents that family those people who made you who you are it would be a disrespect to them if you negated all of the instincts that you had grown with and that they had shaped you in just because some school was saying it might work it might be better if you do this you got to make all of those decisions for yourself and you've got to say what do i need to do today to get better right not because you said this not because you said this but because i know this is what i need to do to better myself, which is actually really funny at CalArts. CalArts is not a place where they're going to push you to get better. You have to push yourself 
to get better. They want to see they're not going to level everyone out and then build together. They're going to take everyone at their own levels and they're going to see who wants to jump the highest. They're going to see who's early to class. They're going to see who stays late. They're going to see who takes that extra scene. They're not going to suggest any of that. They're not going to say, oh, yeah, you should do this. Who's hungry? Who wants to get this training? That's what Fran Bennett used to tell me. Who wants to get this training? I'd be an hour early to Fran Bennett. I'd get there before Fran. You know what I'm saying? That was my 9 a.m. class. I was there at 8. I would be, I'd be there waiting for her to open the door, you know? And she knew that. And when she knew that, she would tell other faculty that because they talk together. They meet every week and they talk about your, your progress. And I'll tell you, in my first year, Fran Bennett is the reason why I stayed at CalArts. Mary Lou Rosado is another huge reason I stayed at CalArts. And, you know, because I knew going into CalArts year one, I was like, I'm going to train so hard this year. And if it's not my style, I'll go re-audition somewhere with a year of solid conservatory training under me. Mary Lou Rosado was the reason why I stayed. Because she was Shakespeare's second year. And she said, look, if you stay, she goes, we want you to stay. We love you here. If you stay for my year and you don't like it after year two, I'll write you your letter of recommendation to wherever you want to go. And after that year, I stayed with her every single year. I took her studio. I was the only person in CalArts history who did Shakespeare for three years. You know what I'm saying? She allowed me to TA her class. That's another thing that I would suggest to anybody. Ask for what you want, right? Nobody had ever asked Mary Lou, hey, can I stay in your studio and just watch? You know what I'm saying? Just observe, just take notes. And she was like, yeah. I took four studios a week. You know what I'm saying? I had my two studios I had, and then I had two studios with the class under me, you know, or the class under them. Like, I was constantly there because I knew she was the gem, right? And that's who, that's who I wanted to attach myself to the most. So when the other faculty saw that, they knew. They, they liked that. They were like, okay, we see him working, you know? That's great. I got cast in certain shows because of that, you know? Um, Andrew's very good at relationships. That's, yeah, I mean, that's the, and, that's key. Yeah, it is. And uh, he has a lot of instincts in that regard. And I know, you know some, a lot of people don't, you know, see that. And so we all have strengths. We all have weaknesses. And I think Andrew has shown that in, in all of his responses here. Um, we're going to end it here for now. But as you can tell, Andrew, my brother, very uh, valuable insights here when it comes to getting into drama school. And I think for sure, uh, I have tons more questions. Um, we'll do it again. Yeah, we will do it again. Uh, but, you know, wanted this to be something, you know, around 30 minutes, you know, you could metabolize. Hopefully you took notes and, uh, you know, always focus on what uh, you're connecting with, what, what makes you respond, what makes you really juiced to, uh, to do this type of work. And uh, you, you're never going to be on the wrong path if you stay with what you're inspired by. All right, till next time, how to get into drama school. This is Anthony Wofford, signing off.